Welcome back, everyone. Another week of Taurus Talk here at SG Taurus. I'm your host, Matt LePan, and this week we are thrilled to once again be joined by Weldon Long from Contractor University. We got a chance to talk to Weldon back at Epic out in Las Vegas. Weldon, we appreciate you coming back on. It's not as exciting as being out in Las Vegas, but really excited to have you here. Hey, Matt. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. It may not be as exciting, but it's a lot less expensive. So Ain't that I'm the glad truth. to be here. <laughs> Well, today we're going to be talking leadership strategies and how to develop an effective leadership strategy. And what this is, folks, is this is following along. We're going to do a monthly feature with Weldon and with Contract University to go through their different learning modules. Module one in their learning section is on leadership. Weldon himself runs an HVAC company, runs all sorts of businesses. He is a terrific leader. He is someone who motivates his people extremely well. And for a lot of you out there, the goal is to eventually either be in a leadership role with the company you're at or own your own company, run your own company, be an effective leader. So Weldon, you have such a wealth of leadership experience, but I think if we break it down to the very beginning, what is leadership to you and how can someone, you know, get into their own definition of leadership and define their style? Yeah, great question, Matt. And just to kind of build on what you said, I'm so excited to be doing this series in my estimation, Contract University has the most comprehensive content across all elements of our industry. Mm-hmm. And it's really good that you're doing this series to kind of highlight the various programs, starting, of course, probably the one, one of the most important issues in our industry, right, is our individual companies, is leadership. You know, people always say people don't quit a company. They quit their boss, mm-hmm. right? And so if you think about some of the challenges that we have in our industry, what's the number one challenge that you hear about our industry? Finding good people. Right. And so when you find good people, you have to be able to retain them. And that takes strong leadership skills. What we always tell people is we want to have the best culture and the best compensation in our market. Right. But then we have to have uh, strong leadership skills with respect to uh, listening. Uh, I'm a big uh, devotee of Stephen Covey, the seven habits of highly effective people, seeking first to understand before we try to be understood. Great listening skills are important as a leadership. I think one of the most important things as a leader is leading from the trenches. I think it's so important that whatever we ask of our people, they know that we have at some point are, are willing to today to do the same thing. Yep. And what I mean by that is I remember this was years ago. We had a big blizzard here in Colorado and you know we wanted people to show up. Some people couldn't show up. They simply couldn't get to the shop. And so I was able to get in and I told the installers that showed up that, hey, I'm your helper today. I'm going to be your helper. I'm going to do whatever needs to be done. So I was the helper that day, but it sent a strong message that, hey, if the owner of the company is going to come out and do some heavy lifting, do whatever we have to do, then we all have to have that kind of commitment. I can give another quick example. When we very first started my first company 20 years ago, our service department after hours was my cell phone because I wanted to be sure I didn't miss a single service call. I didn't care what time of the day it was. And I'll never forget one night about three in the morning, it rings. It's a customer we had just installed a system for and it wasn't working. Middle of winter, we had just done a furnace a few hours earlier that, that day before, and it wasn't working. Now, you have to understand, Matt, I am the least mechanical person you'll ever meet <laughs> in your life, right? And so, naturally, I called my on-call guy. It's 3 in the morning, no answer, right? But I want that customer to, to feel served. So, they lived about an hour away from me. So, I get up 3 o'clock in the morning. I drive an hour across uh, the city. I came down out of the mountains, across the city. And the whole time, of course, I'm calling my on-call guy. I can never get a hold of him. At about 4.30 in the morning, I get there. I knock on the door. I go in the crawl space. I don't know the first thing to do. 
So I just take the cover off. I get a screwdriver and I start making some noise. So it sounds like I'm doing something down there. Yep. Meanwhile, every five minutes, I'm calling somebody. Finally, around five o'clock, I get in touch with somebody. They come out, they fix it, they save the day. But it sent such a strong message to our people that if it's important enough for, you know, for Wally, they all call me Wally, Weldon Long, to go out into a crawl space at four o'clock in the morning to, you know, to have our customers made happy, then that shows how important it is. So leading from the trenches, I think, is super important. Right, never doing things that you won't ask your people to do. Strong communicator, and I think the fourth component, probably one of the most single most important things, is you have to be epic with your time management. Mm-hmm. You have to be so good. You have to work on fire prevention and not fighting fires. So many of us are constantly fighting fires, things that are urgent and important, ringing phones, upset customers. Joey crashed a service truck. All these fires, but we got to learn to spend time on things that are important but not urgent. That's the planning, preparation, prevention part of management. And this is, you know, we've all heard the old expression, this is working on your business. Mm -hmm. This is where you're writing the marketing plan to avoid the emergencies in the shoulder season. This is where you do your sales training to prevent the crisis when somebody can't close the deal at the kitchen table. You have to spend more time preparation, prevention, planning, relationship building to minimize the fires. The company I have now, uh, it's a fairly new company. We started it four years ago, but we'll do 15 million next year. And I'm at that company a few hours a week. I got killer managers and I teach them the same things that I do. Right. It's about properly managing your time, having, you know, key performance indicators, numbers that you're trying to hit and just giving them the guidance and, and trust them to make mistakes. There's a, a great story from Jack Welch that ran General Electric for many years. And he tells his story in one of his books about a business unit leader came in to turn in his uh, letter of resignation. And Jack Welch said, well, what do you what's this about? He goes, well, I just made a mistake. It cost the company 10 million dollars. So I'm going to throw myself in the sword and just re- and just resign. He goes, why would I take your letter of resignation? I just spent 10 million dollars on your education, right? <laughs> so we got to let people make mistakes, let them do their job. I think that's such an important part of leadership. Absolutely. And, you know, you say you're the least mechanically inclined person. I might give you a run for your money on that. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> I love what you said about not only leading from the trenches, but spending the time once you're in the trenches, but also spending the time to get out there. I think that all comes back to kind of the core values and culture of a company, because those values and culture are set from the top. And if your guys see you going out at four o'clock in the morning to go around and even pretend that you're fixing something, it's going to lead to them saying, wow, our owner respects us. Our owner values our time and all these different things. Culture is so important, especially with today's younger generation. What do you think would be kind of the, the starting point for a leader, someone who's in a newer company or in a newer spot to go out and kind of set their culture, set their core values, if you will, where those carry so much weight now. So much of our leadership development program was really fueled by Gary Ellis, right? He's been in the industry, mm-hmm. the smartest guy that I know in the industry, frankly, yep. he's been doing it for 40 years or so. And one of the things that Gary always says, it's one of the most simple yet profound things I've ever heard. He says, culture will trump strategy every single time. Yep. You can have the best strategy, right? The best laid plans of mice and men, right? To quote, uh, I think it was a John Steinbeck quote. But that culture is so important. And especially as you mentioned with the young people, you know, it's different. I'm the last year of the baby boomers. And we were all about getting things done, you know, getting out there, earning a living, doing whatever we had to do. And this younger generation, they are more concerned with a different set of values. They will value free personal time and relationships over perhaps the income. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the culture with, with younger folks is way different. And we have to focus on building a culture that is completely open to everybody. Right. 
Uh, I mentioned Stephen Covey, and he had a, a saying he used to say that we, don't have, we, we do more than just accept and tolerate the differences. We have to celebrate the differences of people in our company because we have such a diverse workforce. And so one of the things that Gary Ellis always talks about is you start with the, the, the basics, what you just mentioned, kind of the mission vision statement. What is the purpose of your company? What are the three key priorities of your company? If you ask all your managers, would they know what those three priorities are? What are the core values, the core principles that are going to guide your decision-making? It's really important to get those ironed out, and we have to start that process. Obviously, we want to include other people in creating that mission vision statement, but it has to be documented. And then, you know, you have to have the integrity to execute on that mission. We've all been to places. Uh, I will just tell you a, a perfect example, a company that we just purchased, when we walked in to take it over last Friday, there's all these platitudes all over the walls about character, integrity, sacrifice, uh, faith, fidelity, honor, none of which was practiced by the previous owners. <laughs> the people were disempowered. They didn't even know we were taking over the company at 6.30 that morning. Oh, wow. They were caught completely by surprise. And I remember every, it was in every office I looked around, these wonderful platitudes. None of it was actually being lived. You know, I think it was Emerson, Ralph Waldo Emerson, that said, your actions speak so loudly, I can't hear what you say. Mm -hmm. And so when you have the mission vision statement and you build this mission vision statement, like you have to live it. And so if you've got these boundaries, and Gary does a great job of teaching this, that these are the core principles, these are the core values of our company. And every decision, every act, every set of behaviors has to happen within the scope of those things. And if it happens outside of the scope of those things, I can remember an example he told me about a year or so ago. He had somebody in his company that completely lied to the other leaders and managers of the company. If they had told the truth, they would have been fine. But in his companies, for example, honesty, integrity is a core value. And so when that was violated, that's like a point of no return. That's where it's like, you know, this is immediate termination. It's such a right. violation of the core values. But I think the key thing is documentation and execution. You have to live it, right? You have to walk the talk. I think that's more important than, than anything else, to document it and walk the talk. Yeah, our leadership here always says anytime we're, we're talking with new employees or prospective employees, our core values are more than that poster you see over there. They are how we operate our business because if it's just the poster over there, you're going to see through it day one. And I love how you mentioned that because there are so many places that have those posters up. And like you said, it's, it's written all over the walls. But if you're not practicing it, your staff is going to sit there and be like, mm, okay, sure. Yep. Oh, I'll yep. follow it and you do. I, and I can give you the opposite example. I, I'm thinking of a couple of companies, three companies right now. Number one, Service Champions South and Service Champions North. Mm -hmm. uh, Service Champions North is Kevin Comerford's company. And they have the, 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 their core principles, core values, but they live it, man. Same thing with Leland's company in Southern California. They live those principles. Mm -hmm. When they start their meeting, they review those principles and they value those principles. People know they abide by those principles. John Wayne Service Company down in San Antonio. They have the ride with the brand. There are 10 characteristics of riding with the brand, honor, character, and integrity, these things. They live it. I mean, mm -hmm. they actually live it. And when you walk into a company like that where they're living it, guess what? You know, it's a whole different environment. You think about the company I went into last week where it was all a, just empty words on a wall. And then you walk into a company like Service Champions or John Wayne Service Company, and you walk in, they live it. Uh, they, I was just out at ABMA out in Kansas City. They live it, right? They feel it. They believe in it. They're passionate. You can feel the difference in culture because people believe that they can have faith in the ownership and leadership that these truly are the core values. And when they have to deal with a customer or they have to deal with one of their bosses, they know those core principles are going to be honored. Absolutely. And, and you know, you mentioned some of these, these massive companies that 
are out there and walking the walk and talking the talk for all of you out there listening, you know, you, you're trying to build into these, these roles and you're trying to build into these size companies, walk the walk. It's more important than talking the talk. If you take anything away from that as a leader, walk the walk because your folks are going to get in line behind you and follow right with you. It's funny. I remember uh, two or three years ago, I was out with Mary Jean Anderson and Anderson Plumbing and Heating in San Diego. One of the most successful contractors, period. Certainly one of the most successful women contractors, mm-hmm. marketing genius. But I was in a meeting with their staff and they were going over some, some financing things. And their CFO, the chief financial officer, was complaining about some money that had been spent to make a customer whole, right? To replace a system. Yep. And the CFO was like, well, we can't keep giving this stuff away, replacing these systems. And Mary Jean was like, uh, actually, profitability is not our number one core value. What's, and it, she had on the wall, what's our number one core yep. value? Customer loyalty, customer satisfaction. So that trumps profitability, right? So when it was so clear, the CFO, of course, the bean counters, they're supposed to be worried about the money. <laughs> but it was a perfect, I remember thinking like, that's the perfect example. Well, you got the CFO saying, save money, save money, save money. Don't replace these systems. Don't, you know, don't be so free to fix things for customers, right? And Mary Jean just points to the, the number one core value, <laughs> customer satisfaction exactly. and service. And so that solves the problem. There's no more debate. We take care of the customer. Yeah. She was another great example of somebody who just lived it, lived it and breathed the culture and her core beliefs. Yep. Walking the walk. And, and you know, as an owner, Sometimes you want to think like, yeah, I don't want to give away that system. But like you said, the customer yep. should be your, your core value, should be your focus all the time. And I love what you said a couple times here. You mentioned it both in your own company and with some of the folks that you've worked with over the years is having killer managers. Delegation mm-hmm. is one of the hardest things for newer leaders, especially in this industry, because a lot of the newer leaders are the ones who were out in the field were the ones who have always taken it upon themselves to always be the one to do it. How important is delegation when you get into a a leadership role and not just delegating, but delegating to the right people so that you can in turn go back and spend that time. Like we were talking about in your business and on your training and on your marketing plan and all that. Well, it's incredibly important. If you have any desire whatsoever to scale and grow, obviously you've seen a lot of these companies where the, the owner is kind of the heartbeat and everything goes to that one person. Well, that company is going to max out, I don't know, different people to give different numbers, but you know, probably five to six, seven million. The company mm-hmm. can never get larger than that as long as there's one person running the show. So if you want to scale to 15, 20, 50 million, like some of these companies I mentioned, and even more, 50 to 100 million, you, know, you have to have delegation. People have to have their responsibilities and you have to have the trust in them to make those decisions. I remember one time I read a definition of leadership and it was number one, a clear vision, of where we're going to go, right? What the objectives are. Number two, unwavering faith in your management team to get you there. And number three, you tell them every day how much you believe in them, yep. right? You have to empower these people. Let them make mistakes. I mentioned the $10 million store there with Jack Welch. And the reality is you have to have people if you want to scale. I will tell you a perfect example. We went in and took this company over Friday. We got there at 630 with me and my management team and everybody knew their role. Right. One guy jumps on, starts leading trucks to empty the warehouse and getting the conics. Things picked up on a strain out and it's out the door. The, 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 the company we're taking over, they couldn't believe the precision. Right. We yep. interviewed 25 people in one day. We lined them up. Boom, boom, boom. Me and two of my managers interviewed them, uh, decided who were keeping, who was going, explained everything to them. I had my office manager and my CFO working with their accounting people and service Titan and then and, and uh, the accounting software and getting it transferred over. 
Another manager was working with the service technicians and sales guys, getting them lined out on our pay structure. And in one day, we interviewed 25 people. And by the end of that day, the company, 75% of what was in that company was out because we weren't keeping their building. It was an old rundown building. Right. We'd have a beautiful brand new 10,000 square foot building. So by the end of Friday afternoon, 75% of whatever was in that building was gone. All the people were interviewed and hired. There were a few that were terminated. Most probably out of 25 people, 22 were retained. They had some really good people, which was even more heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. I must have asked myself uh, 25 times during that day, how did he squander this talent? Right. And these people who are so committed and so it was mind boggling to me. And then we went over the weekend and, and they got the rest of things. And by Monday morning, we just happened to have our quarterly meeting this morning with our company wide. So now we were have 20, 22 new people in there, mm -hmm. but it was just, it was so awesome how quickly we were able to integrate everybody because we have systems, we have process, we have the right people. Once we finished the, the company-wide meeting, if you're a service, go meet with this guy. If you're installed, go meet with Everybody went to their quarters with their leaders. Everybody, uh, we met with our managers over the weekend. Everybody had their marching orders. And by nine o'clock, they were out the door running service calls and installs and sales calls, right? This brand new company now funneling through our service Titan, just like that. That's what great leadership will give you in building a strong team around you, the ability to delegate. I was sitting there thinking on that Friday, what if I was alone? What if I was trying to interview the people, handle the accounting, the service Titan, get all the stuff moved, talk to the sales guys and service guys? There's no way. But when you have a chaos. team of people, you're able to assimilate, you know, this was a $5 million company, $5 million did last year. We assimilated them like that. Yeah, it's amazing. And that's such a great story for all the prospective leaders out there. And again, it's from somebody who is walking the walk in Weldon with his different companies. And this has been some incredible conversation we've had with Weldon. Thank you so much for coming on, Weldon. We're really looking forward to talking with you monthly. Remember, folks, leadership is where it all starts. And if you take anything from this, make sure you are walking the walk, just like Weldon said. Want to thank you all out there for tuning in. Make sure to tune in every month to focus on our partnership we're going with with Contractor University. Make sure you go and sign up. Go to mycontractoruniversity.com. Sign up for an account. There is so much knowledge to be had out there and all these different learning tracks. This is learning track one. This is your leadership learning track. So go sign up for an account. Jeff Matalich and his team and Weldon and all the other faculty members are incredible. Go check them out again, mycontractoruniversity.com. Want to thank you again for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find us. Just search Taurus Talk. Follow along on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Make sure you're finding the podcast on our website, sgtaurus.com backslash Taurus Podcast. I want to thank you again for tuning in. We'll see you next time on Taurus Talk.